What happens when a Catholic deacon matches wits with a Catholic radio show host? You get a marriage made in heaven. They may not always agree, but they're always faithful. It's the Akins with their view from the pew on Modern Day Radio. And welcome to this episode of View from the Pew. I am your host, Brenda Aiken, and joining me today, as always, is the man who's excited because he doesn't have to rake up any more leaves, the good deacon, Scott Aiken. It pays to have a child who becomes a young adult (laughs) to help you with the task of raking the leaves. For how many years have I raked leaves and done it by myself? This year, I think, was the first year I can say I, I completely depended on my son to do the bulk of the work, which was Fabulous. He got a lot of it done. And then one evening we came home and he was out there working on it. And between the two of you, you got it all down. And what was amazing this year is I think different than other years past is we've had a couple of really good storms blow in. In fact, we're in the middle of one right now. And the tree, the biggest one that we have in our yard, front yard, dropped all of its leaves within about two weeks and that can carry on for a long time i think last year we you had a couple of occasions where you were raking up leaves but that's not the case this year if you can picture a a volkswagen size car that's how much leaves fall off this one tree it's huge it's enormous and he was raking all day and i when i got home he was on on his last bit of energy and i i said let me help you out and i jumped out there and worked away to get that last part done and he just looked at me and amazed me. He goes, wow, what you just did would have taken me another hour or two. I said, well, after 55 years of raking leaves, you learned some <laughs> skills. As my dad would say, work work smarter, not harder. So yeah, he was learning those skills. And fortunately, again, so they all fell. They've been raked up. And now we're kind of settling into this fall season. We're getting a lot of rain in the Pacific Northwest. We're going to move into the winter season. It's going to get real cold And then before we know it, springtime will be here again, and it'll be kind of bringing new life back into the area. You know, that just kind of talks a little bit about leading into today's show is that how boring, how insignificant weather would seem if it never changed. If all of every single day was lived out at the exact, you know, kind of same existence, yeah, obviously equitable to our faith that we, it's contrast in our life that gives us a sense of appreciation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause you're right. We lived, I grew up with you in San Diego and all through high school, you could wear shorts every day. Every single day. <laughs> Here you don't wear shorts every day. Although I did see somebody walking in shorts today and I thought it is 55 degrees and raining out here. You must just be like be either finished running or you forgot that you're, you're going to freeze. You're going to freeze for sure if you don't get some long pants on or something. But you know, it is by God's design that every day be different and that every season be different, no matter where you are. You know, and that's also the same for creation in each one of us. We are all vastly different. Look at your own children from one child to the next, so different, and that is by design. We learn so much about ourselves because of our differences. And like we hear in Ecclesiastes, where to everything there is a season and repeated by the birds in 1965, that's exactly what gives us a perspective and contrast in our life so that we can appreciate greater when things that are blessed come to us, even those sufferings. And when we realize that sometimes the seasons are hard, hard on us, hard on the environment, like we've had this summer, it was very hard on our plants, but 
at the end of summer, we noticed that the, the plants responded with this great flourish of growth and flowers that were out of the norm. Mm-hmm. And I think that relates, I, looking at nature, and this gets to the Pope's great encyclical on Laudato Si, we can see in, our, in God's creation our own lives and hope for our lives in how creation responds to, to suffering and, and tragedy. And it's not the end. It's a season. And watching those plants flower like they did here this just a couple of weeks ago um, out of the norm reminds me that, yeah, I, it's going to be a hard season that maybe I just went through, but it's not going to be the end. And maybe something actually really positive will remind me of that. And in looking at our own lives, looking going through these tragedies or difficult times or even seasons in the lives of the children, we have becoming the people that we are today, really our whole lives. For some families, well, there are difficulties, seasons. Well, that can be a very, very long time. And it's only after may, maybe many years and being able to see how far they've come, can they really recognize and understand well, the beauty of God's creation. Coming up today, we've got a wonderful opportunity. I'm going to be talking with Cecily Lairhart. She is going to be joining us today to talk about a great program coming up within the Archdiocese of Portland. She is organizing an autism ministry for young adults. Cecily really shares about her own life experience and what brought her to this and for young families who might be kind of looking at this diagnosis well, what you really can look forward to. And then we want to talk a bit about the reality that we are born into community and what our responsibility is to recognize all of God's people in that community. So we got a great show ahead for you on this week's View from the Pew. Stay with us. Hello and welcome to Catholic Bite 60 Seconds, where 2,000 years of faith and tradition is explained one minute at a time. I'm Father Tim Furler of the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon, and today we're going to talk about designer babies. And no, I don't mean infants in Prada onesies. The concept of a designer baby refers to a time in the not-too-distant future when, through the use of various technologies, parents will be able to choose almost any characteristic their kid has. You want the Greek god version? No problem. Or, on the more useful side, what about a baby whose immune system was already resistant to most deadly pathogens? Hmm. The point is, this is happening, and it will be very tempting. The whole thing will be marketed with questions like, a good parent would want the best for their kids. Don't believe it. Why? Because there is a very thin line between choosing what color your kid's eyes are and the powers that be getting to choose whether they're even allowed to live. I'm Father Tim Furlow, and this is Catholic Bites 60 Seconds. Matre Radio is here to elevate your spiritual life with our new Hail Mary media app. It's the perfect way to plug into the truth, beauty, and joy of our Catholic faith. And it's so easy to get started. Simply search Hail Mary Media in the App Store or go to matredayradio.com and follow the instructions. In just minutes, you'll be able to access our exclusive audio, video, and text prayer library. Plus, set a customized schedule of your prayer reminders. The Hail Mary media app 
app also lets you tune in to the live broadcast of Mater Day Radio and download podcasts of all our original programming, including shows not available on the radio. Plus, you can explore our Catholic lifestyle features, local events on the community calendar, news from the Catholic Sentinel, and much, much more. Get it right now and elevate your spiritual life with the new Hail Mary Media app from Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Family life can be hectic, but God can be found right in the middle of it. So take a moment for this week's View from the Pew. Marking the International Day of Persons with Disabilities last year, Pope Francis insisted that all Catholics with disabilities have a right to receive the sacraments. For the church, he said, religious education programs must be available to those with disabilities and every seminarian, priest and catechist should be educated about disabilities and familiar with the use of inclusive pastoral tools. Well, one program in the Archdiocese heard that call and have become a special program. And coming up, Holy Trinity in Beaverton will be host to a special evening each month for autistic young adults. Joining me this morning to share more about it is the program organizer, Cecily Lerfeld. Cecily, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, Brenda, I'm so happy to be speaking with you about this important ministry. Well, again, an amazing program, and I want to know more about this. Kind of tell us and our listeners about how you became and focused on a ministry for young adults on the spectrum. So my background is I'm the mother of eight children, and three of them are on the spectrum. And so I have three adult children now who have autism, and each of them is so different from the other. There's a saying in the autism world, if you've met one autistic, you've met one autistic. Hmm. And uh, my two boys couldn't be more different from each other. They are on opposite ends of the spectrum on their sensory issues, on their social abilities and everything. But when they work together, they can accomplish things. It's really fun to watch. But having that background and having lived and loved them uh, throughout their lives, I saw a real need in the church community for a space for people like my children. And um, it's been on my mind and on my heart for quite a while. And when kids are young, you have a lot of support as a family. There are therapists and programs and schools and the world is so much more aware of autism now. And so that child has support within their family, within their schools, and the programs that might be helping them grow. But as our kids transition into adulthood, that all changes and falls away. Uh, Cecily, what were some of the considerations you had to prepare for to offer such a program? Because, I mean, their needs can be, well, really quite diverse. Brenda, that is one of the first things that we had to consider. So uh, thank you for asking that. One of the things I looked at was the environment of where we were going to be and trying to find a space that felt open, but not that all the world's eyes were looking in at you that had enough room for people to spread out in case they didn't want to sit with other people. Um, Holy Trinity was kind enough to open up 
one of their rooms. I think they call it the fireside room, which is a large room with plenty of light, but also privacy because it's set down low um, on a lower level. And then it has many tables that are just spread out throughout the place. So we could have 20 people in there and everybody could be sitting at their own space. Um, One of the other considerations is I'm bringing snacks to the event. And many people on the spectrum have allergies. So making sure that I have things that are gluten-free and dairy-free and nut-free for people who might have that. Um, Being able to provide paper cups, but also glass cups because the way they feel in your mouth can be very different and having paper straws and plastic straws and silicone straws. I mean, I know that might sound uh, like a lot of detail, but these are some of the things that make a big difference. I want to have blankets and pillows there because soft and snuggly things are really important. You've thought of so much, of course, because of your experience with your sons. So share with our listeners a little bit. The first evening is coming up on November 11th, begins at six o'clock in the evening. Kind of what will the whole evening entail for those who will be attending? Well, that's a good question, Brenda, because I don't know completely. I will tell you what will be there because I want the group to be driven by the attendees. So what I will provide is a space that's going to be comfortable for them. And I'll have some beginning activities. Of course, you know, we want to know each other's names and just a little bit about each other, but definitely only on the level that people are comfortable sharing. So I plan on um, providing opportunities for people to get to know each other's names, to understand what I see as a possibility for the group, and then for them to be able to express uh, what they would like. There will be some games. Um, We'll be doing some, I have some small card games and board games that are available and a little bit of art (laughs) that we'll be doing if people want to participate in it and then just wrapping it up. So the first meeting is going to be very low key. And like you said, just getting to know each other and coming up with some ideas about what they want to do. Oh, again, it just sounds like a great evening and really filling a void that our archdiocese is hopeful that, well, again, this program will really begin to take off. Cecily Lairfeld is joining me today. She's joining me as we talk about a great program coming up. It begins on November 11th at 6 o'clock p.m. at Holy Trinity in Beaverton, and each month they will be hosting an autistic young adult program. Well, Cecily, before we go, can you maybe share a little bit, you know, perhaps maybe a parent or a mother who is listening now who is facing, well, this diagnosis of autism spectrum for their own children, really fearful uh, of the future. Kind of maybe share with them as a mother of three who are on the spectrum with autism, kind of what that journey was like for you from acceptance to now really thriving and and having joy and hope for the lives of your children. Oh, wow, Brenda. (laughs) That really takes me back. Um, I would say to any parent who's recently received a diagnosis for your child to give yourself time for it to sink in. The diagnosis is so helpful because it gives you a direction and it gives you some parameters so you can understand your child better, but it doesn't change your child. So they are still that beautiful gift from God 
that you held in your arms on the day they were born. And having this diagnosis is a gift in that it will now allow you to be able to share a language with your child and to see the world through their eyes. Brenda, there are so many incredible um, resources available now that weren't available when my kids, my first two kids were diagnosed. We didn't have the internet then. I keep trying to explain that to people. There was no internet. There was nowhere to look up what is autism and see. It was all word of mouth. So the, the plethora of therapies and information available to autistic parents now is phenomenal. And there is a lot of good help out there to help you and your child navigate this world. And I think the best thing you can do for your kid is educate them about themselves so that they learn to advocate for themselves. And that's probably true for every child. Um, but I would say that to the autistic parent, Brenda. I just want to say about the ministry here, I just want to remind people this is for the autistic person, not for their parents or their relatives. Um, this is for the young adults themselves who are on the spectrum. Okay. Perfect. Well, for those who, um, you know, maybe know somebody who'd like to help them get and encourage them to get involved with this program, where can uh, more information be found and registration information? Brenda, they can email me at cecilymesa1 at gmail.com, and I'd be happy to answer any questions. Uh, Hopefully this will be in many bulletins over the next week or on parish websites. And it will definitely be on the Archdiocese website, I believe, under their disabilities programs. They can find information there. I know that it can be really overwhelming to go to something new and unknown. But I want to encourage any of you who are on the spectrum, who's just been looking for that community, this is going to be a very safe space for you. I can promise you this will be a safe space. And that's what we want to provide, a place for you to be where you can be yourself, where you don't have to be on, where you can be with people who are just like you and share your faith. Well, Cecily, I thank you so much for your time today. We pray for you and especially for those who will be blessed by this wonderful evening. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you so much, Brenda. I look forward to talking to you in six months and telling you some of the things that we're doing in the ministry. I would love that. And again, that is Cecily Larafeld. She is the coordinator of the Autistic Young Adults Evening coming up at Holy Trinity Church in Beaverton. I will be sure to add information where you can find out more about this program. I will also make it easy and add that email address that Cecily had talked about so that way you can connect to her directly. You're going to find all of that information on the podcast of this interview on our Hail Mary Media app or at our webpage at materdayradio.com. I promise from the heart mm-hmm. I couldn't love you any better I love you just the way you are Wow, Scott. 
You know, when I was recording this interview with Cecily, of course, I shared with her beforehand the story of my uncle, Uncle Bob, who mm. had a, a mental disability his whole life. He lived into his 80s and uh, he was the glue. And I've said that before on our show. When it came to Uncle Bob, everybody came together. How much we learned as a family, how much his presence, his blessing really shaped who we are. And, you know, this is I, I have a very strong um uh, you know, desire to talk about this type of, sure, a, sure. of ministry. I know. I think that what, what you described about your uncle and I got to meet your uncle, thankfully, and it was just a, a tremendous, he was a tremendous man, um, but a man, a few words, mm-hmm. but everything that we did when he was visiting, it revolved around him. Yeah. So he was included in everything that we did, even though it was different than what we might normally experience. So it's the stretching. And that's, I think, speaking right to our our call as disciples by Christ, it is to stretch. It is to stretch our, our views, to stretch our expectations, to really reach beyond what we feel comfortable with. Because feeling comfortable is a pride-centered reality. If I want to feel warm and cozy and protected, that's me. Mm-hmm. That's not what everyone else around me is necessarily feeling. So if I'm focusing on just feeling warm, comfortable, and safe myself, then I become prideful and exclude those who maybe can't experience that or have difficulty experiencing that. So I have to stretch. And I think that's, that's the call to discipleship is the willingness to stretch and, and take your will and put that with God's will and let God lead you to what you could do for this person who may be different than you and, and how they view the world. You know, you talk about being born and reborn. Well, for some families, the sacrifice is great. It it really is. And and like I said earlier, these seasons of life can be long and stretched and sometimes can be very tiring. And that's why, well, we are a community because we have to be there for each other when, you know, somebody needs support, when they need help, even within our own family. My aunt, it was took on a lot of that responsibility. And there were times where she said, I need help. And my uncle stepped in and took care of that where he can. We're called to live in community. You know, children, babies, when they're born, they don't know that. They're completely and wholly self-centered. Right, right. And that that sense of community is is learned in a person's life. It's it's not something that's so ingrained that a person can be communal-minded if they are away from community. It is learning in the family experience and learning in the community experience. And for people who have struggles uh, with family members or themselves having limitations that society doesn't support easily. And so that's, that's the challenge. How does society stretch that? Well, they have to go through a death experience and that death experience is my expectations of what I might have thought things would be like now need to change to embrace this person who is in my life. So a family member like her with her three kids, how much their family changed, but they had to go through a grieving period of recognizing what I wanted as a parent for my child. I have to change that perspective now. I have to stretch and I can only do that uh, authentically when I'm focusing on Christ as my guide. How does Christ view this situation. Well, Christ 
came to the poor and the marginalized. And in this case, her three children are in that marginalized component in the everyday society. They shouldn't be in the marginalized component within the Christian community. And it's the Christian community that should speak to that most vocally and authentically. How do you embrace those who are on the margin from society? Oh, that is everything that our faith calls us to be as Catholic is to stretch ourselves, to recognize Christ well in every faith. You know, when we were done with the interview and hopefully we'll have an opportunity to talk again, you know, she said in the interview that people, young adults, people and children who are on the autism spectrum, well, to look at them, you don't know that. And she reminded me so well is that when we're sitting thinking that our liturgical experience must only be a certain way and it must be quiet and it has to be, well, as reverent as we can make that, that, well, then we're distracted by a child. We're distracted by a child who can't sit still. We're distracted by a parent having to constantly get up and take a child out. We don't know their experience. And how easy it is for us to be judgmental quickly. I know that I fall into that often about, you know, they should all be like my children. They're not. And they're not meant to be. And as a mom, you asked that last question that was so motherly in your your asking. Mm. And you could hear it just uh, resonate in her heart as she reflected back on what it was like at the beginning and what it is like now. And you could hear the verklempt uh, part of her voice and can only think that again, what she had expected that suffering was dying and the rebirth is the accepting and living into this reality with faith. And now as she reflects back, what makes her sad isn't the fact that her children have autism. It's the fact that God has made such good of it and she wouldn't ask for it to be changed in the least bit Mm -hmm. because they have accepted and evolved and stretched in a way that uh, that their faith is so much stronger. So I think it's just a beautiful representation. Again, like we were talking about with those seasons, a harsh season like we had this summer, but at the end there's this beauty that we didn't expect in how the plants recovered here in the Northwest. And we had a flower last week. Well, God will make good of the suffering in his own creation. How much more will he make good of the suffering within his people if the people trust and have put their faith in him? Mm, absolutely. So perhaps this week, if you are in mass and you see that young family with young children who well, are just a little bit more rambunctious in the pew, just smile, maybe thank them for struggling through and bringing their kids to mass with them. Scott, before we go, will you end us in prayer? Lord, thank you for the gift of community, for the gift of family. Thank you for the parents who struggle and do so authentically to know and love the children that you have given them. Help us to always be mindful of each other and to give the benefit of the doubt and filter as you do, not as we would. We ask this in your name, Jesus Christ. Amen. And that is going to wrap it up for us this week. Please tune in next week as we share with you more stories about our faith, our family, and our view from the pew. God bless. Have a great week. You've been listening to View from the Pew, a weekly look at faith and family life from a Catholic perspective with Deacon Scott and Brenda Aiken. 
For more information on the Aikens and to listen to an archive of their previous shows, visit them online at moderndayradio.com slash pew. View from the Pew is produced at the studios of Modern Day Radio in Portland, Oregon.